Welcome to the Fields of Fantasy Podcast, hosted by Pestle and Ed. And welcome to the Fields of Fantasy Week 14 show, your one-stop shop for all things fantasy football as we lead into Week 14. Have a little glimpse back into our rearview mirror at Week 13. Pestle and Ed of Titch Fantasy Football once again with you on your podcast app of choice. How are we, Ed? From a fancy perspective, rubbish. I've, How about I've, life in general? Oh, life in general. Um, I don't know. Is it Christmas yet? I, I feel like um, I want to get in the Christmassy mood. Maybe I could do that later in this week on <laughs> Festive Five. <laughs> well, there we go. We're doing that now then. So we'll start off with our announcement. We will be recording on Friday a bonus set of shows, five shows called Festive Five. It'll spin on the Fancy Five format where we'll be looking at Christmassy themed drafts, won't we, Ed? Yeah, nothing to do with NFL. So no, nothing at all. Spread it, spread it around to your non-NFL enthusiasts. Yeah, literally just Christmassy themed drafts. So we'll be dropping those the week before Christmas, but recording them this weekend, and they will be family-friendly shows as well. So let the kids listen in too. But shall we get more fancy related though, Ed? For now, it's what we're here for, after all, is it not? Yes, yes. From a fancy perspective, my week has been rubbish. I think I think it's definitely my worst week of the season. One of my worst weeks ever. And it wasn't going that way, but all of a sudden, I'd lost um, nine of my top ten. And, and talk about a week to pick it. I was really disappointed, and it might have affected my playoff chances in a few leagues. I was projected to do abysmally across the board. I um, was very lucky that out of my top ten, my key five leagues I won four of. So quite. However... It's interesting how your allegiances change towards what's an important league at this stage of the season, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, oh, I never wanted to win that one anyway. <laughs> yeah. um, what we're going to do for our intro this week, though, is we're going to do a little bit of Starts and Sits accountability. So our Starts and Sits on Twitter over the weekend, we did all right on the whole. A couple of howlers, uh, which we'll talk about as it's well. It's just opinions, isn't it? That's what it yeah. is. But we're going to link back to what we said last week as well. So first, let's have some positivity about ourselves. Couple of people we said as really good starts last week. Brock Purdy, now in the MVP conversation. I'm about to say. Isn't he the MVP favourite? He is at the moment. Well, well, I'll link back to him on Sunday Night Bet Club, Ed. Uh, okay. Uh, he just missed out on a hero spot as well, and that's what all quarterbacks want rather yeah. than the MVP. <laughs> that's what they're talking all. about in the locker rooms. Nico Collins, I think a few people were down on him because of the workload Tank Dell's got, and we'll get on to Tank Dell shortly, but he had a great week as well. We said that Sam Laporta would be set for a big game, just projected to be that way. He had the biggest of games, 29 points. A couple of people on Twitter, though, were having the option of between Kittle or Laporta and who to pick. I went Kittle in that situation as high as I was on Laporta because it just looked like Kittle could have one of his monstrous weeks, didn't it? I was surprised when you looked. Obviously, that result was insane, wasn't it? The 49ers uh, against the Eagles. And you think you assume, oh, Kittle will have had a big yep. game, but he, he didn't at all. So that was one that didn't go quite so well. What we did, though, as well on Twitter is we did a little bit of an accountability check thread. So a few of the things that we picked out well. I'm going to say our predominantly me. I'll own this one. Yes, I, I did a little bit. Uh, Tom made excuses and you did most of it. But Devon Achan, loads of people mentioned. He was one of the most mentioned players this week. And he Kyron Williams does. So I think after his return from injury and then going back out injured, I was a little bit cautious there. I stand by you, Mark. I support you. Well, it's also a game where he didn't need to be used very much because you're going to win through the air in that matchup for Miami and then you've got most of it there. For some reason, when the game was won, that's when HN got all of his workload. Um, so, yeah, we apologise for that one. We did get that one wrong. Amari Cooper, 
he was having a reasonable game, but disappointingly left with an injury. We were a bit out on the fact that Flacco uh, was coming fresh into that faltering offence. I don't think he would have had a monstrous week anyway, so I think it would have been a sit regardless. Trouble Hubbard, obviously he had uh, his best game of the season. In a situation where he just didn't look projected to do that, a sit that we said that I take no price, and I don't know why, because the logic just dictates that you're not going to start him at the moment. That's Adam Thielen. I think just gets Adam Thielen. I feel sad when he doesn't have a good game. Yeah, I'm going to mention him later when we look at the game, but yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit sad that he's gone off the boil. David Montgomery, we got right with the start. I mean, it's easy. You always start Monty. He had 10 more carries than Gibbs, the same number of targets and the goal line work. No, he wasn't spectacular. It was just over 12 points, but... He's only had one game this season outside the RB2 conversation and six top 15 weeks as well. You can't really go wrong with Monty. I think you drafted him later as well, didn't you? Yeah, you've, got, you've definitely got your money's worth with Monty this year. Drake London, we suggested to a few people that he might be worth a start. In our defences, the options he was pitched against were equally horrible, but I expect several of those surpassed the 1.8 points. <laughs> Puka Nakua, that seems like an easy win, to be honest. I think you'll start Puka regardless. You've picked him up off waivers. Unless you've got a really strong wide receiver core, you're going to play him regardless. There just doesn't have any option other than that. Gino was someone we'd thrown in as a sit because uh, we questioned his injury. Would he be up to full strength? Turns out he's absolutely fine and did very, very well. Anyone you want to add in there, Ed? I don't think so. I think that's very comprehensive. Like, like, I like this accountability. Uh, I think it's... It's very honest. I think we need to be accountable for our suggestions. Yeah. However, it's that point where I'm going to quote ourselves on here. Remember, fantasy is a game based on a game. It is not an exact science, but using the data, you can tend to put probability on your side, can't you? You know, all we do is look at the matchups, look at what's gone before, what, what might come after. It's not, I'd love to say it's rocket science, but it's not. Nope, not at all. Uh, I think looking back last week, we were roughly 70% right with those and say there were some tough calls on there. And most people are quite reasonable. One or two people messaged me to say, uh, yeah, I lost that matchup because of that. <laughs> but but my bad. One person genuinely I saw replying to, not us, to somebody else. Thanks for that. You've cost me the week. Like, going, really? <laughs> oh, so, sorry for the advice. Yeah. I imagine the sort of person that's a grown adult who still has to ask his mum what shoes he's allowed to wear when he goes out for the day. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, let's move on to other absolute legends and heroes. Should we get to our Heroes of the Week, Ed? Got time again. Fantasy Heroes. Four touchdowns and over 30 points for the first time this season, Gino was certainly not in a bottle. The fact that he lost means nothing to fantasy managers. Alvin made the Lions deal on a lot of chipmunks as he racked up 28.9 points during his first multi-rushing touchdown week since Christmas Day 2020. Devon Achan got his first fantasy-relevant week since week five as he was the cream of the running back crop. Two touchdowns and a heavy workload for the rookie. Debo, more like Threebo Samuel, only four receptions and three rushing attempts, but he turned that into 138 yards and three tuddies. DK Metcalf was like an out-of-control bull as he was the highest scorer in all of fancy football. Six receptions, three of which were for touchdowns. We said you order, fire up the porter, and we were right. 29 points on his season high as he hauled in all nine of his targets, 140 yards, one touchdown, finishing as the tight end one on the week. Fantasy Zeros. 
London stat lines falling down as Drake only converted his five targets into one reception for eight yards for a mere 1.8 points. Not many ups for Josh Downs as he managed to haul in just three receptions for 14 yards. The Eagles moved swiftly on from DeAndre as that to play catch up through the air, leaving their RB out in the cold. It was no laughing matter as David Njoku had his worst week of the season, just two receptions. Bryce Young has now thrown nine touchdowns and nine inceptions this season, but only surpassed nine fantasy points six times, a stinker of a season. No touchdown since week 10 for last year's touchdown machine, Austin Eckler. 1.29 yards per carry against the Pats. The last three weeks, he's been RB31 each week. Ouch. So let's get into our rundown of the week then, our other notable performances. Firstly, Seahawks Cowboys, what a game with Thursday Night Football. Makes a change after some slightly more lacklustre games Thursday Night Football at times this season. Are the game, is this a game, uh, is Thursday Night where they can start flexing in games now? Or is that Monday? Is I know, I think the Chiefs and Patriots have been flexed out of Monday. Right. Um, coming up, which is a lot more about the Patriots than I think it is the Chiefs. Yes, I say, yeah. Seahawks 35, Cowboys 41. Solid fancy picks across both rosters, apart from defence with zero points and minus one points apiece. Gino QB1 on the week, Dak QB4 on the week. Great performances all around there. Charbonnet had his best game of his rookie career with 16.9 points. Not massive, no, but shows progress. And Tony Pollard made it three in a row, 17.30. CD Lamb, with his 32.6 points, is now wide receiver two on the season. And DK Metcalf went off with his three touchdowns, ending up with 37.4 points. He has weeks like that, doesn't he, DK? Every now and yeah. again. He's someone that was spoke about with Rich, we'll get to in our Fancy Basics show, as someone who may be a good trade for candidate in Dynasty as well at this point. Jason, best game of his rookie season, 13.2. Once again, not massive, but it was his first time over 10 targets, which shows he's getting that usage now. Running Cooks is on course to be the best my guy pick of the season, Ed. Well done. I was about to say, who was it that, that said about my guy? That was me. you. <laughs> well done. Another 16.5 points. Lockett, however, seems to be in decline and is a risky weekly play right now. QA 30 points week next week for <laughs> Lockett. Jake Ferguson, my go-to tight end all over the place, had his seventh top 12 week and is now a bona fide tight end one option in my books. Although with the usual sprinkling of tight end uncertainty, because it's never all roses, is it, for tight ends? Now, your first game, Ed, had a monumental play, a play that very rarely happens, didn't it? Yeah, well, let's start off by talking about the pick two play. Hands up if you knew that was the result of uh, a pick return from a, a two-point conversion. I couldn't work out. Why they were saying two points for yeah. it? Yeah, I was like, I could... have they got to safety? I was <laughs> like, I didn't really understand. I assumed, yeah, I assumed the points had gone the other way, and I just misunderstood what happened. So yeah, that was interesting it, it to was, learn this no, week. No, 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 little fact, you know, every day's a school day. But yeah, back to the game uh, from a fancy point of view. Uh, Minshew and Levis were fairly quiet. Levis more so. Minshew had another solid-ish week. I think sixteen or so points. Another big week for Derek Henry. That's back to back twenty plus. For the first time this season, Tajay Spears, who I know you're going to talk about later, is also appearing to be relevant as the Titans, while well, they ran all over the Colts, really, uh, lots of yards for all their running backs. Pittman looked absolutely elite. I mean, look at this for a stat line, 11 of 16 for 105 yards and a touchdown. Hop produced solid numbers, but he only hauled in five of 12 targets. Now, I think you could maybe blame Levis for some of that. I would blame Levis for that. Yes, I think it's rather <laughs> unfair on D-Hop. 
Um, Alec Pierce, three receptions for 100 yards. That's big yards per catch, isn't it? That's one of those my, efficient my, performances. My, my maths tells me that. And the Colts' defence, I told you so, they got 20 <laughs> points. So, you know, if you've not got the Colts' defence, get them. And they've got um, the Bengals next week. More about the Bengals later. I'm excited. Obviously. <laughs> Broncos-Texans next. Who'd have thought this would have been a good game back in week one? Every season, I think we get to this stage and games that we never envisaged would be interesting to watch end up being so. I found myself this season becoming a bit of a Texans fan. I think it's I like CJ Stroud, Tank Dell. I was actually a bit gutted, uh, you know, when it looked like they were going to lose. And then, you know, I was really pleased at the end. And it was quite funny watching Russell Wilson throw his helmet down. Yeah, bless him. He was so cross. <laughs> That the end to the game though was absolutely amazing. I thought Russ was going to do it. Yeah. I mean, his escape in from defensive players was back to his best at times. Fancy wise though, down week four, Stroud fifteen point oh six, but he shows some real resilience. I don't think he's customary of a rookie quarterback. Interesting stat as well to come out of the week: the only QB in NFL history to throw for 15-plus touchdowns or fewer interceptions in their first nine career games. Mm, impressive. So he's having a fantastic season. Russell Wilson, 18.84, third best score of the season. It didn't look like that, though, did it? No, no, it didn't. I, I thought, I mean, it looked like he was not struggling, but I don't think he was finding it as easy as he has done the last couple of weeks. For Russ, though. It gets easier from him from here. Outside of week 16 against New England, he's got a very friendly schedule. So if he can get those points up when he is throwing interceptions galore, he's well worth a look for fantasy. Quiet game for the RBs. Williams and Pierce, 10 points apiece. Pierce had 15 carries, Singletary's 8, which led to 5 points. Is that a transition there again now? We've now seen the back of Singletary's high performances. Cortland Sutton only caught two of his seven targets, but clocked up 77 yards and a touchdown. He stands it with 15.7 points. Judy continues to underwhelm. He's fast becoming my least favourite players in the mm. NFL. I think he's Jerry Judy. Nico Collins went off. 34.1 points. His fourth game as a top five wide receiver for fantasy this season. That's a stat that snuck up on me. But it was very much attached to Tank Dell leaving the field injured. We'll talk about an injury report. Really sad to see. Who are you looking at next, Ed? Dolphins v Commanders. So... Here's a question for you. When was the last time Tua got more than 20 points in a fancy week? Has he done it this year? He, he has, but you have to go back week to... Week two? No, no, not as quite as it's okay. like that. Week eight, but I think he's not done it very often this season. So he's no. had, you know, he's had a few weeks of not performing, you know, to an elite level from a fancy perspective. I know that I think I've got him in a league with I think maybe Dak as my other quarterback. Yeah. So it's an easy decision at the moment. Um, Sam Howell outscored Tua, and he's still QB4 from a fancy perspective. Tyreek Hill, let's talk about that, loser. Five, <laughs> five, five of seven, 157 and two touchdowns. Do you remember the start of the season when it was, is it going to be JJ? Is it going to be Jamar Chase? Yep. Tyreek Hill was just kind of like, no, yeah, yeah maybe it will, maybe it won't. Was he going, won't. what, middle-late first? Yeah, he was probably going off, off as wide receiver three, yeah. wasn't he? He was going off behind them. But so far this season, just for interest, 1,481 yards and 12 touchdowns. He's 300 yards clear of wide receiver two, which is C.D. Lamb. 
I mean, we talk about this, how he doesn't make it into the heroes very often because it's like, oh, well, Tyreek Hill's got 34. Oh, just again. I can't yeah. think of that many puns. <laughs> yes. What I do like about Tyreek Hill, when you think about some of the negative stories we heard about him with his legal shenanigans extracurricular a few a few years ago i did like the fact that the cameraman who has been suspended for the rest of the season for recording his celebration on the phone he's paying his wages for the rest of the oh, season that's nice him. i didn't see so that. yeah he's yeah. um he's caused him a problem and he's sorted it out for him too good for tyreek uh, apart from tyreek Jalen waddle was pretty quiet and no other finn's receivers were really relevant it was a bad week for commander's receivers dotson got just two receptions four points and it was a goose egg for Scary Terry. He got three targets, didn't haul in any of them. Raheem Mostert is currently RB2. Well, there's no other words for it, Mark. Despite <laughs> you not liking him, he's been a bit of a fancy star, hasn't he? Raheem I don't Mostert. dislike him, he's just not very reliable, usually. Usually, yeah, I'm glad you added that. So, yeah, who, who are we on to next? Right, you get 30 seconds on Chargers Patriots. Uh, 6-0 feels like a, an, an exciting football score rather than an American football score. Herbert, Zappi, Eckler, Stevenson, Allen, all let you down. Parker, Zeke and Quentin Johnston did you a job. Quentin Johnston, only 190 yards this season, which is lower than this Flowers. This season? This season, lower than Flowers. Addison, Reed, Rice, Dell, Downs, Wilson, Nakua, all taken after the top wide receiver pick in the 2023 draft. Star of the game, Chargers defence, 19 points, a full 6.2 points ahead of second place, which was Zeke. It was just such a rubbish game. Keenan Allen, oh. though, got his 100th reception of the season for the fifth season in his career. Pure volume because he didn't turn it into much in the way of points, unfortunately, this week. Have you got some more exciting game to talk to us about next, though? Marginally more exciting. Panthers v Bucks. Um, Baker and Bryce Young didn't have great games. They combined for fewer than 400 passing yards. Uh, Rashad White and Tuba Hubbard kept up their good form as both passed uh, 20-ish points. Mike Evans, we've got to talk about him, Mark. Mm -hmm. um, only Mike Evans scored big in receiving in the receiving core. He, well, he scored really big. 7 of 12, 162 and a touchdown. He is currently wide receiver... 13. 7. What? Wide receiver seven, wow. okay? Uh, and he has hit that 1,000 yards for the 10th season in a row, despite what idiots on podcasts say. <laughs> um, since we talked him up, as I mentioned earlier, Adam Thielen has gone off the boil. No touchdown since week six. It was the bye in week seven that seems to have thrown him off. Uh, and the last two weeks, well, he's been nothing short of horrible. Total score for tight ends combined in the game, 4.2 fancy points. Still more than the combination Patriots quarterbacks got last week. That is very true. So maybe it was a good week <laughs> for tight ends. Uh, who have we got next? Lions Saints, 33-28. And this started off strong. Lions were at 21-0 by start to quarter two. That was insane, wasn't it? You thought, well, they're going to win about 100-0. And then it ended up being close. James Winston entering a game of play. I find exciting for fantasy because <laughs> yes. you don't know what's going to happen. Monty got you 12.5. So reliable. Only one bust game. So bust game for starting running back. I go for less than 10 points, really. Okay. Only done that once. And a quiet week for Gibbs. We've got 6.4. Kamara has been so good this year. Only two weeks outside of RB10 and another 28.9 points. Averaging 19.9 points per game. RB4 on the season points per game and still RB8 despite missing three games. I think in terms of absolute steals of the season, Kamara is up there, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, definitely. He was dropping low down, wasn't he? 
Jared Goff did all right, 16.32, just above projection, so you won't be too unhappy if you played him. Derek Carr left, with, we'll talk about Derek Carr in the injury report again. I'm going to start just leaving his name in there at the moment. James Winston joined the fun. I'd love to get a few games of James Winston, because that means at least one week he'll get 35-plus points, and then <laughs> at least one week he'll get two points. Wide receivers, nothing spectacular. Chris Olave starting to become more consistent. He turned his five receptions on eight targets to 16.9 points. St. Brown, 12.9. Disappointing for him, but when his disappointing weeks are still reasonable flaws, it will do you. Jameson Williams scored on my favourite play of the week, that little bit of razzle-dazzle and the lovely dive into the end zone. And then if you get a chance to hear him talking about himself after the game, you then realise what an absolute throbber the man is. <laughs> okay, I thought, you, I thought you were going to be really positive now. No, <laughs> he's, okay. he was talking about himself in the third person. Oh, God. He was saying, you get the ball, you know what's going to happen. It's just like going, just, you've done one good thing after yeah. letting your team down by betting and getting suspended for ages. Maybe wind your neck in. But an amazing play, so perhaps he deserves his flowers on that situation. Next up, something we can't dispute, a mega game. That's it. Game of the week, certainly. Maybe game of the season. 49ers against the Eagles. I mean, who saw that result come in? Not me. I did not think it would be a dominant... Oh, I knew it. Yeah. Knew well, it. well I, thought, I thought the 49ers would win, but I didn't I think it would be that dominant. I felt confident the 49ers would win because we've said a couple of times on the shows, we've not seen the Eagles do it against a team that are truly coming at them. True, yeah. Um, but yeah, didn't foresee it to be that much of a chasm. 49ers certainly, you know, I think they've edged back into, after a ropey couple of weeks, I think they've edged back into favourites for me. Brock Purdy is looking great. He's QB7 overall, and he's banging that MVP conversation. Another four passing touchdowns. Hertz was solid, despite, you know, leaving and returning from concussion assessment. He's still got your decent points. Yeah, how many yards did the three Eagles running backs rush for, Mark? Um, They got... Hmm... <laughs> don't look on your phone. Oh, I don't know them. <laughs> <laughs> no idea. <laughs> Nine carries for 20 yards between them. So Lazy. <laughs> lazy. So they were very much shut down by that uh, 49ers defense. CMC, quiet week, just 22.3 points. Debo was insane, but the other receivers still relevant. Uh, Devonta Smith has, has become consistent. Mm. The last five weeks in a row, he's been 14 or more points. So very consistent for the Slim Reaper. AJ Brown and Ayuk, very solid. Uh, Juwan Jennings got a touchdown for his best score of the season. So that was a bit of a surprise. So lots of scores there. Very exciting game. Uh, and onto a, a less exciting game. The Falcons' defence... We're the biggest scorers in Falcons Jets, so that tells you all you need to know. But I will tell you some more anyway. Ridder and Boyle were absolutely no use for the 8% of leagues who'd have to start them this week. Paul and Robinson underwhelmed just over 10 points each, but both had enough volume that they should have got it done. Bijan only managed 2.94 yards per carry, and Hall only managed 1.23 yards per carry. Dalvin Cook is still rostered in what percent of leagues? Oh, God, I'm, I'm sick of telling people, to be honest. <laughs> uh, if it's higher than 20, then people... 27%. Oh. You know what? Just forget it. Just forget it. If you're not going to listen to us. And he started in 11% of <laughs> leagues. That is, I've said to you, that is the 11% who have not checked That's their lineups That's what I'm saying. My next question is, what percent of leagues are players inactive? 11%. 11%. Yeah. He's not passed four and a half points since week three. Right, do us a favour. Go and check Sleeper now. Search <laughs> Dalvin Cook. Check through your rosters. If you've got him anywhere, click drop. 
You're welcome. <laughs> no Falcons wide receivers offered anything. We've already mentioned Drake London. Garrett Wilson just hit eight points, his second lowest score of the season. Wide receiver one, Xavier Gibson with 12.8 points, and he is rostered in... 7%. 0% of leagues. Oh, okay. But he's carving out a role in New York, and he has been getting targets over the last few weeks. I wouldn't chase him. I, I liked him on hard knock. Did you? There yes, we go. He might be somebody that is worth just keeping an eye on. He could be a useful, at best, flex pickup if you're desperate and Wilson goes out. Kyle Pitts got up to 9.10. Only four receptions on his eight targets, though. But for 51 yards, his fourth best score of the season. Mm. That says it all about how disappointing his year has been. On to our next not disappointment. No, I mean, Browns v Rams. I mean, I'm, I'm surprised how comfortable the Rams were. Um, Stafford has hit a rich vein of form. He's now had seven passing touchdowns in the last couple of weeks. Joe Flacco was serviceable. Uh, I think that's a, a pretty kind uh, in terms of how he was. 17 points, certainly better than I thought. Either side of his injury layoff, Kyron Williams has scored 21.8, 38.4 and 20.2 points. How is he only still started in 83% of leagues? Because stupid people on start sit threads uh, suggest sitting him at times. Yes, that is true. Not yeah. this week. Idiots. Um, it was another bad week for Amari Cooper. Three weeks in a row under eight points. He's currently wide receiver 32. Ouch. Uh, we'll talk more about him in starts and sits. Nakua, Cup, and Demarcus Robinson all got a touchdown and all got 15 or more points. Harrison Bryant was the surprising top tight end. Five receptions so far this season up until week 13. He doubled that this week as he got five receptions. He was perfect. Five of five for 49 and a touchdown. Just out of interest, the Browns defence got minus one fancy points. Not what you expect. I mean, they're definitely an elite defence, but from a fancy perspective, they don't always rack up no, the points. No, I think they fit in that bracket of better in real life than fancy, don't they? Agreed. Yeah, so who's your, who's your last team? My match? last team, Cardinals 24, Steelers 10. I can't imagine a situation where the Steelers could beat anyone at the minute with how badly they're playing. <laughs> <laughs> no QBs helped you hit, and there were three in the mix. Kenny Pickett left with an ankle injury, and Trubisky is back. Now, I'm not excited either. He looks like he's starting week 14 as well. Is he going to be better than Pickett? I mean, we spoke before. He didn't look it, but I don't know. I what said have you got this, to lose? This game was that bad. Even the weather hated it. No, that's, how, that's how bad it was. <laughs> that was the most exciting bit. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, Kyler Murray had the down what we all anticipated, but even with 9.8, that was disappointing. The weather obviously factors into that to some degree as well. So, obviously, it was dominated on the ground. Harris and Warren split carries, with Harris picking up the bulk of the work. But no, neither of them really helped you in any way, shape or form. Dorch, Moore and Brown all hurt you this week. Hollywood Brown, to be fair, left injured. It was Trey McBride that dominated the targets and got a touchdown on his way to 22.9 points. Pat Fryamay struggled in what should have been a reasonable matchup for him. Only 5.9 points from his three receptions. Johnson and Pickens both provided value, and that doesn't happen very often in games. Interesting, they are both only rostered in only 50% of leagues, which shows that absolute lack of trust. Mm, definitely. That is confusing, that they're only rostered in 50% of leagues. I'm not saying they're good, but that isn't even twice the amount of rostership as Dalvin Cook. <laughs> final game? Well, there's two more games. Final uh, two games? Final two games. Chiefs v Packers. Now, I did fancy a, a Packers uh, sneaky victory here, and they, they did exactly that. 
They're, you know, they're in great form and they're definitely in the playoff mix. Jordan Love comfortably outscored Mahomes. The last three games, Jordan Love, eight passing touchdowns, no interceptions. Mahomes in the last three games, five passing touchdowns and two interceptions. Mm. So Jordan Love is better than Patrick MVP. Mahomes. Yes. <laughs> uh, a great week for Pacheco. Over 100 yards at 6.1 yards per carry. That's two back-to-back -back good weeks for him. AJ Dillon, I mean, yet again, he failed to really profit in Jones's absence. He's just had one touchdown all season, AJ Dillon. So, you know, regardless of where you've drafted him, he's not really done you much good. He's had the dream scenario that fantasy managers would have hoped for when drafting him. Yes. Because he was projected to have value with Jones. So to not do it without Jones, people have got to be very disappointed. Very, I, I had him in several leagues and I am very disappointed. Christian Watson is in red-hot form. Hopefully that hamstring injury isn't serious. I mean, he looked elite. Uh, well, he has looked elite versus, uh, in the last two weeks versus Detroit and Kansas. He's only starting in 40% of leagues. I mean, if, you, if he's available in Dynasty, snap him up. Surely him and Love could be formidable yep. for the next few seasons. Rasheed Rice, wide receiver one for Kansas City again. Kelsey, quiet by his standards. He's having a relatively quiet season by his standards. He's only had how many receiving touchdowns this season, Mark? Three. Five. Oh, okay. So slightly I'm being very low today. You're being really low. And last but not least, can we talk about the Cincinnati Bengals? Go on then. <laughs> okay. I mean, I'm so excited when I woke up this morning because I've got the game to watch when I get in tonight. Uh, we're recording this on a Tuesday afternoon. And I did not think we'd win. I didn't think for a second. A second we'd win. win. I thought it was going to be a horrible, stinky performance. But Jake Browning, what a guy. He outscored T-Law. I'm going to tell you his stats. I can't okay. even get my words out. Go on okay. then. 32 of 37, 350 yards, two total touchdowns and 26.6 points. This is amazing, this stat line. Okay. On third and fourth downs, he was 10 of 12. For 149 yards and a touchdown. What does that mean for fantasy? <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> it was insane. So you might have had Browning starting, probably not. T Law did okay for you. When Mixon is busy, the Bengals score big. So he got lots of uh, carries and he scored big this week. Chase Brown was involved for the first time this season, you know, which I was quite excited <laughs> <Very> about. <laughs> um, so maybe keep an eye on him. I won't talk about him in the waiver wire, but, you know, he might be worth bit of a punt in in deeper leagues etn was solid with 17.9 points zay jones five of eight for 78 yards he was solid chase got you 31.62 points which was his second best score of the season and in a great week for wide receivers that only got him wide receiver six 31.6 points engram evan engram got his first touchdown Finally. of the season uh what a week for him nine of nine for 82 yards and a touchdown shame that he lost Parker Washington could become relevant. I might come back to him in waiver wire. But if Kirk is out, as it looks like he might be for a few games, Parker Washington might become relevant. He got six of six for 61 yards and a touchdown. 17.1 points. But nobody cares because the Bengals won. Very exciting. Bye weeks. We are without the Cardinals and Commanders this week. Our final buys of the season. So potentially some QB decisions to make if you had Murray and Howe. Potentially some tight end decisions to make if you've been riding with Trey McBride, but not the huge implications we've seen this week. 
Thursday night football, Patriots at Steelers. Oh my Christ. Is oh, on the plus really? side, I don't need to check any of my lineups on Thursday to make sure my flex spots are clear. I, I think they should just abandon that game and call it a draw. It doesn't sound very exciting. <laughs> Patriots Steelers. Oh my God. <laughs> We'll look forward to watching that on Friday evening. Um, let's get into our next section, though. And I'm not sure, Ed. I don't know if our sound drop for this is funny or rubbish. Uh, let's go with funny. Okay. Oh. The injury report. Oh, 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 oh. Start off then. Nothing funny about Tank Dell's injury. Oh, so really fractured fibula out for the season. But apparently, if it's a clean break, it's relatively quick to recover as relatively quick as a broken leg is. I don't think, and this is just me, that the using of a five foot ten, seventy-four kilogram wide receiver as a blocker is very wise. No, no, you wouldn't you it wouldn't be your first pick as a blocker. There are That's not many point. professional athletes I am bigger than, and to our listeners, I'm a handsome hunk of lean meat. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm considerably bigger than him, and I wouldn't want to do that very much. No, in hindsight, it probably wasn't the most sensible move. Is if you saw that, was well, watching that for you, thinking, "Well, this could be dangerous." I mean, he was questioned about his durability and his size as a wide receiver. I don't know. Coaches know more than we do. There must be a reason behind it. Um, I mean, they got the touchdown. So well, <laughs> yeah, true. So, grand scheme of things, they got something out of it. It would be a massive shame though to not see him for the rest of the season. Hollywood Brown left with a heel injury. No news yet. Amari Cooper left with a head injury. No news yet. Watson has already said left with a hamstring injury. No news there yet, so keep an eye on that. Tyler Higby in concussion protocol. Ramondre Stevenson left with an ankle injury. Apparently, it's a high ankle sprain, so even when he's back, it won't be at full strength. Which is the better one, high ankle or low ankle? I think the high ankle is a bad one. Right. Uh, Liz Frank gets thrown about a lot. I know that's, that's very bad. A what? Liz Frank injury. That's an ankle-based one, isn't it? Liz well? Frank? Uh, I, thought, yeah. I thought it was like an ex-girlfriend of yours or something. No, no. Yeah, no. no, no. That was a very different story for a different <laughs> podcast. Derek Carr, concussion protocol again. Another shoulder and back injury. I'm assuming the same shoulder and back injury. He's been a regular portion of this show, and he just keeps making his way back. Derek, please just have a couple of weeks off. I want to watch James <laughs> Winston for a bit. I'm not going to play him anywhere, but I'd love to watch him. Kenny Pickett liked to miss more than one week, according to Ian Rappaport, due to his ankle injury. It's had times for Steelers fans. Brian Robinson Jr. left with a hamstring injury. Also, no news yet. That is who we're without again there. A couple more quarterback injuries. We did say that could be happening. So, very important to tune into Fancy Five this week for our QB streamers. Jake Browning. Jake Brown, yeah, yeah, you, yeah. Really, you really are. I was about to shoot it down. Jake Browning or yeah. Tim Boyle. <laughs> I was about to shoot it down, but yeah, that might well happen. Let's get on to some players we're going to choose to not play, though. Seats of the week. Right, looking at our fewest fancy points against over the last four weeks. Quarterbacks, 49ers. How many points on average have the 49ers given up against QBs over the last four weeks? Fancy points, QBs. Let's go for 15. 6.65. Wow, okay. They've got the Seahawks this week. You might want to look elsewhere if you have Gino this week, but... He had a great week this week. He seems so. to have some good games you're not expecting him to. This could be a risky one, though. Browns giving up 8.51 to quarterbacks. They've got the Jags. Watch out for T-Law news. In fact, they didn't mention T-Law in the injury report because I did my notes yesterday. Obviously, keep an eye on him whether he's going to be returning or not. Yeah, it, I, I would not be starting CJ... I was going to say Bethard. Bethard. Ah, Bethard. 
Beat hard. No, Beth, it is probably. <laughs> a, I like beat hard. CJ beat hard. <laughs> yeah. That's a that's an American cop. <laughs> uh, third, the Colts, nine point five six. Got the Bengals last week. I would say don't even consider starting Browning. That would be very stupid. He's still going to be very risky. I wouldn't go chasing his performance this week. No, I don't think so. I think the Colts, have, as I've alluded to many times, have got a very strong defense. So it's going to be a completely different game next week. Wide receivers, strongest against wide receivers. The Broncos giving up 17.73. They've got the Chargers. You're still starting Keenan Allen, but I wouldn't look elsewhere. Second, the Browns giving up 18.83 points on average a game. They've got the Jags. I'd stay clear if you could, especially with that QB situation. But you may need to start Ridley and Kirk. They're risky at the best of times, though, aren't they? Saints, 8.97. They've got the Panthers. I'd bench Thielen again, unfortunately. We say unfortunately. It's the only logical thing to do. We're only saying unfortunately because he's an old man and the novelty of him doing well at the start of the season made a smile. I'm pretty sure. Is he not younger than both of us? Yes. yes. <laughs> he looks he looks older and more weathered than both yeah, of us. Uh, running backs. Dolphins giving up the most to running backs. They've got the Titans. Now, Derek Henry, another one I missed out, actually. I've not been very comprehensive in the injury reports. He left with a concussion. Oh, did he? And it looked like a big oh, yeah, hit as well. So Spears could offer flex value at best. We'll talk more about Ty J Spears later. 49 is second fewest to running backs, 14.63. They've got the Seahawks. Walker is due back, but I'm I'm completely done giving opinions on running backs returning back from injury, so don't ask us. I would avoid Walker and Charbonnet, though, if you can. Ravens got the Rams. They're giving up the third fewest, 15.48. You're still starting Kyron Williams. I'm not making that <laughs> no, mistake no, 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 ever no. again. Tight ends. How many points per game are the Patriots giving up to tight ends on average? You know, I couldn't care less. I'm sick and tired of the Patriots. 4.2. Right. Well done, Patriots. Well done. Another low week for Frymouth, potentially. Chiefs giving up 4.37. They've got the Bills. I'd still play Kincaid, I think, unless I you would. had a solid second option. Browns, 6.1. They've got the Jaguars. Engram feasted against the, the Bengals, but I'd be cautious here once again. That QB uncertainty. Who are you sitting, Edward? Well, I think it's time, as I alluded to earlier, I think it's time to break ties with Amari Cooper. I, I don't know if I'd be starting him this week. Uh, I'd very, I'd think long and hard about it. I'm sure he'll get 30 points now. He's just formed no relationship well, with DTR, Flacco. His, his last three weeks, he's been wide receiver 48, 87 and 42. And in total, across the three weeks, nine receptions for just 84 yards. He's had two touchdowns all season, and he's just not getting you the points. As I said, he's wide receiver 32. I'm sure he would have wanted to be top 15, maybe top 10, and he doesn't look close to that. So they've got Jacksonville this week, who are solid-ish against the pass. They certainly weren't um, uh, last night. But yeah, I, I just think now is the time to break ties with Amari Cooper. And if you've got anything semi-decent on your bench, I'd give them a go. In his defence, he did leave early uh, the weekend, but even before then, he's not looking, I hate to say it, the same relationship he had with Watson. No, that's Watson the Watson was good for him. Those are the only get solid games he's really had this season where when Watson's been fit, there's nothing else outside of that. So I'm taking a bit of a pivot this week. I'm looking at the fewest points offensive given up to defences. So Cowboys are having the fewest fancy points scored on them by defences. So... When a defence is lined up against the Cowboys, on average, how many points are they taking away? Not many because of the, you know, Dak and Lamb, especially recently, have been insane, haven't they? So, uh, I don't know. I, 
as low as something like five points? 0.75. Wow, okay, that is low. They've got the Eagles this week, so I would not be starting the Eagles' defence. I think it goes without saying you're not really starting over playing the Cowboys anyway. The Eagles' defence has been poor recently. It's a big leap from there. The Steelers next, 3.5 points on average. They've got the Patriots, so probably avoid their defence. Tied in third on exactly 3.67. Broncos and Eagles. Broncos have got the Chargers. Eagles got the Cowboys already said. This might be a week you want to pivot away from the Cowboys defense, and they have got a tough run in as well from here. I've been running with the Cowboys defense in a number of leagues all season. I'm going to start looking at streaming, I think, at this stage. Hope that does not come back to bite me. Time for a little break with us then. Let's hand over to Malcolm and our message from stateside. Want to get closer to Super Bowl 58 on game day? Pre-order your official Super Bowl program now. Featuring a holographic cover and unique artwork to celebrate Super Bowl 58 in Las Vegas. You can have your copy of the official Super Bowl program in time for kickoff. Visit statesidesports.co.uk now to guarantee yours. Viva Las Vegas! So we will be talking as well in a few weeks about a giveaway we're going to be doing. We've got a copy of the Super Bowl program we'll be giving away to some listeners. So we'll talk about that probably just in the lead up to Christmas, how you can get involved and be a chance of winning that. But if you do want to secure yourself a copy of the Super Bowl program, and there's lots of people that sort this out, I'm going to go on record, Ed. Nobody does it with the level of care, love, and just great professionalism that the stateside boys do. Quite right, Mark. So that's uh, statesidesports.co.uk. That address again, statesidesports.co.uk. Tell them the Pestle and Ed sent you. You will get nothing in return. <laughs> Neither will we. <laughs> <laughs> nope. I paid for that advert. <laughs> starts of the week. Next up then, our starts of the week. So the most fancy points against over the last four weeks. QBs, the Eagles have given up the most points to QBs, 28.33. You're obviously starting Dak this week. The Lions, second most, 25.4. They've got the Bears. Fields coming back off the bye. Could be a great start this week. Commanders of third, 22.49. They are in their bye. Wide receivers, how many points a game on average are the Lions giving up to wide receivers? The Lions wide receivers. In total. What total? What's... All wide receivers added together each game. Uh, well, let's say three wide receivers, like 50 points. Very good. 50.23 points oh, per game. Oh, yeah. They've got the Bears, so fire up DJ Moore. Mooney could be a flex play, but always feels a little bit risky. Giants, second most, 47.6. They've got the Packers. I would probably start Reed Watson and Dobbs. They're all a good option this week. One could blow up and get everything, or all three could get you 10 to 12 points. Eagles, we've already said, have got the Cowboys. Another big week for CD Lamb, I'd say obviously. Locking Cooks until further notice. And... One of Talbot or Gallup could have a good week. Running backs. Seahawks are giving up the most running backs. They've got the 49ers this week. Oh, my CMC. <laughs> Next up, though, Cardinals and Commanders. They're on their bye, so no fruit to be had there by playing running backs against them. Saints are giving up the most points to tight ends, 21.0. They've got the Panthers. I am still not starting Hurst or Tremble, regardless. Broncos, second most against tight end, 19.13. They've got the Chargers. Everett could be a sneaky play this week off the back of 14.3 and 8.4. No, not phenomenal numbers, but could do you a job. He could also be good value in DFS this week. Third, Falcons. They've got the Buccaneers. K. Dotton did literally nothing last week. Zero. He could have a useful game here. 
I know I'll be cautious after last week, but this is the sort of game he should get some points. Tight end's tricky again this week, isn't it? I mean, it's such an odd position, tight end, isn't it? It's it's difficult, ups and downs. You know, there's very few reliable ones, especially with Andrews being out. You, yeah. You're not your top Outside of your obvious picks, it is a, a muddier terrain after there. Who are you starting this week, though? Uh, we mentioned him earlier. He had another good week this week, and that's Tuba Hubbard, uh, the running back for Carolina. He's still only starting in 36% of leagues, mm. okay, which is was very low. I found that quite unbelievable. He's definitely RB1 in Carolina due to the form of he who shall not be named anymore. <laughs> uh, he's had three touchdowns in two weeks. Uh, I mean, he's sporadic in the receiving game. I think last week he had six receptions, this week none. So that can go off. Saints this week, who are very good against the rush, but I'd just be starting him at the moment. He's going to get the workload, even in a, a weak Carolina offense. Uh, who, you know, they've only had one win all season, haven't they, Carolina? I'd still be starting Hubbard. Sticking with my defences theme then. So the team to be giving up the most points to fancy defences are the Jets, 19.75. They've got the Texans this week. So I'm starting the Texans. Cowboys, fewest points, 0.75. Jets, most points, 19.25. That shows that picking the right defence can have a huge impact on your fancy week. So, so the de so defenses against the Jets are averaging close to twenty points. Yep. Wow. So if you just look who the Jets are playing. Yep. So yeah. Texans this week. Make sure you get them, and I think they'll probably be widely available as well. Panthers are second, giving up sixteen points to opposition defense. They've got the Saints. Could be a consideration there. And Commanders, thirteen points to opposition defenses. That shows how big the difference is just between first to third. They're on their bye, so no fruit to be had there either. If we've got some gaps on our rosters, though, let's think about who we can fill them with. Fire from the wide. Yeah, so uh, Malcolm's done you a bit of a disservice this week because I wouldn't call it fire from the wire this week, more sparks from the wire. Okay. <laughs> it's very much slim pickings on the waiver wire this week. So a few to talk about. I know you've got someone you want to talk about as well. Let's start off by talking about Zeke, um, the running back in New England. He got his most touches all season in week 13 in that horror game against the Chargers. As we've alluded to, Ramondre Stevenson is expected to miss several weeks. So expect an increased work or continued increased workload for Zeke. I mean, don't expect fireworks. I don't think he's going to get much more than 10 points, maybe 15 on a good week. Uh, you know, it is a horrible uh, offense, but, you know, he's got good flex value, I think. Christian Watson is busy on the waiver wire. Not going to say much more about him. Just keep an eye on that injury. He's only 75% rostered, and I can only see that continued long-term success, uh, you know, with the big scores as well. Joe Flacco is busy on the waiver wire, quarterback in Cleveland. He had that fairly solid week. He might be worth a punch if you're desperate, as many people probably are for quarterbacks uh, due to the injuries. He looks to be QB1 going forward, but I don't think he's massively reliable. Unsurprisingly, he's only rostered in 7% of leagues, so he's likely to be available if you do need a quarterback. I imagine after last night, although I've not looked, Jake Browning has rocketed up the waiver wire in terms of uh, popularity. I think he's a better option than Joe Flacco, but he's not going to get you the same points every week that he did against the uh, Jaguars. Who are you looking at, Mark? So I'm looking back last week. Firstly, I said about Matt Stafford. He was only 46% rostered. is now up to 60-odd percent. 
He had a really good game as well. Remember, he's got that friendly running, so keep an eye out there. Ty J Spears is my pick of this week, though, and a player I mentioned a few weeks ago from Dynasty point of view, and I did pick up in quite a few places where I had deeper benches. He's had a limited role this season, but has averaged 5.8 yards per carry on the carries he has had. If Henry misses time, Spears could be a good play this week in your flex spot. They've got the Dolphins, who are sixth best against the run, so proceed with caution this week. He's 95% rostered in Dynasty, so highly unlikely, but check just in case. He's available in 1 in 20 leagues. Maybe one of those is yours, so go and have a look. I think he could be a good trade target too, and I'm going to put my flag out now. He's my very early pick for a breakout candidate next season. Okay. So you've said it early enough so we'll forget. Is, is that I'm gonna say, no, you know what I do? I'm going to keep banging on relentlessly until it goes wrong and then never speak of it ever again. <laughs> so a few more left. One last quarterback to talk about, Mitchell Trubisky, who, who is starting to move up that trending list. Um, I mean, to be honest, avoid. I mean, he's, it's the Patriots-Steelers this week in that horrible game. He's 0% rostered and he should stay that way. I can't see him getting anything more than 10 points, you know, but he might prove me wrong. Brevin Jordan, if you're after a tight end, he had his best game of the season versus Denver. He's only really relevant if Dalton Schultz remains sidelined. Um, but, it, you know, it, with Tank Dell being out for the rest of the season, that might change Brevin Jordan's role, who's primarily been used as a blocker. So, you know, even if uh, Dalton Schultz comes back, maybe Brevin Jordan will, will continue to be relevant. And last but not least, after last night, uh, I would definitely keep your eye on Parker Washington, the wide receiver at Jacksonville. He's worth a punt. Uh, with Kirk looking like he's going to miss multiple weeks, Parker Washington is going to get the targets. Uh, and he's, he's someone that could be worth stashing in Dynasty as well. Um, so, yeah, keep your eye on Parker Washington. Might be worth a go in Dynasty. I'd miss that Kirk injury completely. Yeah, I think he's going to miss several weeks. Well, that, that's what they're saying at this early stage. Fantasy Basics. Fancy Basics this week, then. We have, joining me last week on our record, friend of the show, Rich Cooling from Dynasty Island. Do you know, without further, let's get straight in. Obviously, whenever we have Rich on, he's talking Dynasty. Let's hear what Rich had to say when we were discussing a little bit of Dynasty wide receivers last week. What we'll look at next, then, is some wide receivers. Now, one of my absolute favourite types of player to target in Dynasty, well, redraft as well, are year two wide receivers. Uh, it's a tried and tested position that seems to always get a good bump after that first year of adjusting to the league. And I've been looking at the, the key stats for this from a lot of what you kind of read around and for, for my money as well, is that targets per route run and the yards per route run as well to see just how much in that first year a wide receiver's managed to get a role and carve out a role for themselves. We're looking around that 50, anything below 15% targets per route run Anything less than one yard per route run, with that's that danger zone, it really isn't it? When you're looking at uh, a wide receiver for their rookie output, I've picked up on six of the the key wide receivers. I've got some kind of others to mention within there as well, but I'm going to start off with my bias. I'm going to start off with the joystick that is Zay Flowers, who's had a really good rookie season, and I think everything with Zay Flowers does need to be tempered with. It's a, a brand new offense that Baltimore have been running. He's got two other competent uh, wide receivers around him. He's got Mark Andrews competition as well. I think he's carved out a really good role for himself. So 20.8% targets per route run and 1.8 yards per route run. 
No, not phenomenal numbers, but certainly numbers that could lead on to him having a hot good production next year as well. 24.3% target share, which with Mark Andrews in the mix, I think is is quite a remarkable uh, figure to be looking at. 22% in the red zone. Fancy points per target. This was a lovely stat I found online earlier. Um, 1.45. The fact that you can break it down to how many points they're getting per target, I think is a really useful indicator for the potential of a wide receiver. Have you had many shares of Zay Flowers this year? Yeah, I've I've got plenty of Zay Flowers. Yeah, he was my rookie wide receiver three. Um, I had him very, very close to being rookie wide receiver two. So, um, so yeah, I've got plenty of Zay Flowers. I really like what he's done. I think the intriguing thing for me is that the Ravens are using him more downfield we're seeing him running as the season's going on a more diverse route tree I think he's always going to have that element of manufactured touches which gives him that kind of you know decent fancy floor we're going to see him used in the screen game we're going to see him used around on jet suites and end rounds and things like that but they're also now using him on the intermediate and deep shots and I think that he's got real potential to be I don't think he's ever going to be a wide receiver one for fantasy no but i think he's the kind of guy that could be a reliable wide receiver two wide receiver three for the next six seven eight years yeah and that's something it's we've spoken a few times i've spoken a few times i I am not used to seeing high quality wide receiver output uh in baltimore so it's been very exciting for me this season as well not as exciting as it's been for LA Rams fans to have as their wide receiver champion so far this season, not being Cooper Cup, but being Puka Nakua, um, a player that his name wasn't mentioned very widely pre-season in many spaces, but 30% times per route run, 2.62 yards per route run. He's getting a 31% target share, 25% of the red zone and he's averaging 1.62 fancy points per target. He's getting a lot of volume, hasn't he, over the course of the season so far, even when Cooper Cup's been in. Obviously, it's been impacted, but he was still used, wasn't he? Yeah, I mean, look, it's, he's what he's doing is absolutely mind-blowing. I thought that he'd come in and potentially be a good blocking receiver, a competent kind of gadget player. I didn't foresee at all him coming in and carving out any sort of actual target share his kind of production versus zone numbers this year have been absolutely astronomical one i don't know off the top of my head but at one point he was leading the league in yards versus zone and yards per run versus zone it was it was wild i think it's the difficult thing with rookie wide receivers that you can't basically assess almost that football intelligence to a certain level because yeah. that's where he is you know he's a good athlete he's not a great athlete he's a good route runner he's not a great route runner he's a good natural hands receiver he's not a great natural hands receiver but where he's phenomenal is that football intelligence at finding the soft spots in zone sitting down and just always being open for Stafford so yeah I mean he's my dynasty wide receiver 16 right now and I think that he's he's a really safe kind of plug and play receiver moving forward I don't think there's any concern because I think he's as I said he's got that intelligence that he's just doesn't matter how you play him he's going to be able to sit and find soft spots there was more you than rich there Mark. well the reason behind <laughs> that Edward is not purely my ego <laughs> really you get me for free anyway if you want to hear more of the wisdom rich has got to pass on and there is a lot of wisdom in there you're gonna have to go away and download the fancy basics podcast dropping this Sunday wherever you get your podcasts I always like talking to Rich. He's very well informed. He researches his points very, very well. 
He's someone that whenever I've done the records with, if he agrees with something I say, I feel like I've got it right. It's like your teacher checking your work for you. They're two really interesting players, aren't they, Flowers and Puka? I think, you know, both going to go on and have a big careers. Puka is the future in L.A., I agree. What's he, what did Rich say he had him down as? Wide receiver 16 yeah. in Dynasty, which is phenomenal, considering yeah. where he was at the start. Uh, Zay Flowers, I think he'll continue to get that good target share. Uh, and he is that, and he's going to be that deep threat, isn't he? It'll be fascinating to see if he makes that step up next season, Zay Flowers, yeah. uh, as, as uh, second-year wide receivers tend to do. So over the rest of the show, then, we did a little bit of speaking about rookie quarterbacks. We had a conversation about some potential trade-away targets and also how to go about doing a bit of a dynasty roster health check as well. So that'll be dropping on Sunday. And as I've already said, Rich is always great value. We love to have him on the show. Uh, so give that a listen on Sunday. Speaking of a great listen, let's find out how Fantasy Props went ahead. Fantasy Props. Pistol versus Ed. So we let you help us to select the lowest value divisions for fantasy value on our poll last week. And then Ed got first choice, so you chose the AFC South. I ended up with the NFC South, and we picked quarterback, two wide receivers, two running backs, tight end and a defense to make up our lineup. We had the option to trade one of those players out if an injury hit, and the moment we finished the record, we found out that Taylor wasn't going to be playing. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I'm, whether we missed it or, or I didn't, I had no idea. It came a bit out of the blue, didn't it? Yep. That, yeah, yeah. So. so that meant that you had to make a swap. So you decided your swap would be Derek Henry or ETN. So you were trying to swap within your swap until you realised you already had Derek Henry. So you went with ETN. <laughs> Points-wise then, I had Mayfield who got 10.88. You had Tilo who got 25.12. Oh, good start. Running backs, I had Kamara and Bijan. Kamara got 28.9. Bijan got 10.9. Etienne got 17.9. Henry got 25. Wide receivers, I had Alave and Mike Evans. 16.9 for Alave, 29.2 oh, for no. Evans. Tank Dell, oh. upsettingly, 0 points. Oh. Ridley, 7.3. Oh, it was all going so well. Taysom Hill, 15.4. Engram, 23.2. Falcons got 21 points for me. Colts got 20 points for you. Who won? I think you did with your wide receivers. 133.18 points for me and 118.52. Uh, it's 10-3, Ed. Oh, no. There is no catching oh, me now. Oh, no. I just have to think about like next season. Try? Well, there's two massive games this week. thought we'd just we'd think about those two games. So okay, we've got let's think. Bills, Bills at Chiefs. Big game, you know, the historic, uh, you know, several historic games between those two teams. And then Eagles-Cowboys. So, a couple of crackers. I'm basically going to give you a choice of games. So, you need to decide, out of those two mm -hmm. games, who is going to be, well, which is going to be the highest scoring fantasy game. So, uh, I've decided it's going to be quarterback, wide receiver, running back, tight end defense. One of each. All right, whichever is the highest scoring. So let's talk about Bills Chiefs. Your quarterback would be obviously Alan or Mahomes. Wide receivers, you've got Rice, Diggs. At running back, Pacheco. You've got James Cook, tight end, Kelsey Kincaid. So do you want their score? So again, just to confirm, you would have the, you know, whoever is the highest scoring player, regardless okay. of team from that game. Or would you like the Eagles-Cowboys score? So, quarterback, you've got Dak or Hurts. Wide receiver, Lamb, Brown, maybe even Smith. Running back, well, running back by committee for the Eagles. Uh, and then Pollard for the Cowboys. 
Godert, Ferguson at tight end. Uh, and you, you talked about the Cowboys' defense earlier. So, out of those two games, which are you taking as your score? This feels really straightforward to me. Right. Cowboys-Eagles. Okay. I just don't see a way that's low scoring. I can see a way that Chiefs-Bills massively underwhelms. And I think the wide receivers bit that sells it for me is I can't imagine all of the wide receivers in Cowboys-Eagles having a bad game. Okay. Surely. Yeah, I'm going that. So I'm going Cowboys-Eagles for my big points. Which leaves me with Bill's Chiefs. Perfect. Okay. Let's see how that works out then. Oh, can I get to 15? I reckon I can. Maybe. Uh, no one cares. I'm now going to tell you about something else I've done. It was very good, Ed. Ah, Skorik Army. Sunday Night Bet Club. I did it again. Oh. I have put four bets on in my entire life, only through the podcast over the last year and a half, of a Scorigami coming in, and every single time it has worked. So, odds of 18 to 1, I put a couple of quid, that's all I had left in the betting app of choice. So, about £36 from that, that'll keep me going for a little bit longer until it whittles down to zero. Dolphins 45, Commanders 15. That feels like it shouldn't be a scorigami. Several of the scorigamis this season, I've thought, I don't, they must have happened before. Is it but yeah. the route 15? Yeah, 15. Why, 15 is two missed field goals, two missed extra points, uh, yeah. or, or, you know, going for a failed two point conversion. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, no, 15 doesn't seem unreasonable, but yeah, there you go. This week, what I've gone for is I've gone for an end of season awards bet. And I put this on. As soon as I start hearing those whispers of Brock Purdy being in the MVP conversation, because the odds of 4.50 felt quite good. Generous. I think that will probably decline over the course of the week until he has a bad game this week, in which case it will be public enemy number one again. It's very hot and cold with Brock, isn't it? So I've gone MVP Brock Purdy. I'm going for a 49ers stack on that. Offensive player of the year. I'm going for CMC. Yes, usually the MVP gets offensive player of the year as well, but this could be the difference maker there. Defensive player of the year, I'm going for Micah Parsons. I think consensus Miles Garrett at the minute, mm. but I wanted to go for Parsons there. Defensive rookie of the year, Jalen Carter. I think he's a fairly nailed short on. pick at yeah. this point. What is very nailed on by the odds. Offensive rookie of the year, CJ Stroud, 1.01. <laughs> I put it on there for completeness of the bet rather than any value it offered me. Comeback player of the year, Damar Hamlin, 1.4, seems obvious. That's the story, isn't it? And then Coach of the Year, I'm going for Dan Campbell at 2.50. Well, that's a good shout. Now, those odds came up a little bit higher than I thought, 150.20. So I'll put a pound on that. And that, that's You'll possible. lose a pound. That's possible, that one. Yeah. Brock's the, the riskiest one on there because I think Dak's definitely in the shouting for that. I think any player out of Dak, Tua has kind of gone quiet, I think, hasn't he? Lamar, CJ Stroud, say should be in the conversation. Anyone could put together a real run of games to finish the season and could clinch that, I think. When did, voting happens before the playoffs, doesn't it? It's the does, end yeah. of the regular season. So that'll be interesting to see. But yeah, that is my end of season bet. Just a bit of a longer term one as well. Are we done, Ed? Is that all the things we need to say? I think we've imparted all our wisdom. All we have for this week. So we're going to go away and prepare Fancy Five and then, very excitingly, Festive Five. So we will see you again on Friday and then again on Sunday for Fancy Basics. From us, adios. Malcolm, take us home. You have been listening to Pestle and Ed of TH Fantasy Football. 
For more content, follow TH underscore fantasy underscore NFL on Instagram and Twitter.